0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is uh, Friday, April 30th. Appreciate you joining me. And, well, uh, late night recording here on Thursday night. I was up. Watching the NFL draft, expecting that at some point Trayvon Merrick would be selected. Uh, if you did not catch that or just fell asleep last night and got some rest, he was not selected. So you didn't miss anything on, on that front. And uh, I've seen a lot of reaction from some TCU fans, and I understand. Like I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that Trayvon didn't get picked. I'm a little surprised. His name was Oliver Mox. I mean, they it was um, it wasn't a consensus you know, you'd see them as high as 17, as low as like 29 to 32. But towards the end of the first round, there was a run on pass rushers. I think it's worth noting, and I'm trying to double check here as I go, but I'm pretty sure there was not a safety taken tonight. There wasn't a safety taken. There were a lot of corners taken off the board. Um, but as I as I look down the first round, I feel like I'm right here. There wasn't a safety taken in the first round. And uh i mean even as trayvon has been considered the best safety in this class i know there's people that have evaluated him that have thrown out some questions about his size and you know his ability um to to hold up and cover at times however i think he's definitely deserving of being a number one pick or a first round pick um i I thought that was the way it was trending but it didn't happen um but i'm seeing a lot of people who are just mad and like i I don't like to tell people how to feel, so that's certainly valid if, if that's what you're thinking and kind of processing after tonight. But I'll just say, I mean, he's going to get picked tomorrow. <laughs> like, he's going to get picked on Friday. He's going to get picked today, if you're listening to this on Friday. I think he's going to be a round two guy. Um, Jacksonville's going to start there at 33. I, I don't necessarily see – the Jags taking him, but at some point in round two, I have no doubt he's going to get picked. Maybe he'll fall to the Cowboys at 44, and we'll get to see him. You know, if you live in the Texas area and listen to the podcast, we'll get to see him up close and personal there in Dallas. But I, I would just say, like, let's let's not panic. Um, I, I think there's a almost 100% chance that Merrick gets picked on Friday. Guys fall out of the first round sometimes. These things happen as I said, there just wasn't – I mean, safety is a, is in, is in, a is in a really interesting place, excuse me, in the NFL at the moment. They're just not valued as highly as they have been in the past. I mean, you even look at players like Earl Thomas, um, who at one point was one of the more important players in the league. Now, Earl has some things in his personal life going on, but it, the interest dwindled on him quickly. Even Jamal Adams, who ended up having a nice um, – Season for the Seahawks last year and had a couple good years with the Jets. People thought there was going to be this huge trade market for him, and there honestly just wasn't. So I think, in general, the back end of that secondary is a position, right or wrong, that's not being valued as much by NFL evaluators as it has been in the past. However, I think there's a decent chance that both uh, Trayvon and or Darius Washington get selected on Friday, which would be a really cool moment for the program. It's unfortunate that the first-round pick streak comes to an end for TCU. Um, the Big 12 did not have a single player picked in the first round, which is that's the first time a Power 5 conference has been shut out apparently since the 2006 season, uh, and that was the Big East. And, I mean, I think that is somewhat of an indictment on the Big 12, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot of that from our uh, SEC and ACC brethren over the coming weeks and months, that they could not put a a draft pick out there that was uh, first-round caliber. However, I mean, Tevin Jenkins and Trayvon Merrick, and Tevin Jenkins is a lineman for Oklahoma State, they're first-round caliber guys. So I'm not going to get too worked up about this. I think this is simply – um, the bottom of the the bottom of the first round, sort of the end of the first round, it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they're a team that they they're returning twenty-two starters. They picked last in the first round. I mean, they're in a spot where they're kind of rolling the dice. They're going to go more position and need probably than best player available. They took a pass rusher. There was a run of pass rushers at the end of the first round there. Um, I was hoping maybe the Cowboys or somebody would come up towards the end of the first round and trade back in and select Trayvon, but it didn't happen. So everybody's still on the board. Trayvon our Ardarius Washington, Garrett Wallow, and then the two tight ends, Pro Wells and Artavius Lynn. I think Trayvon gets selected on Friday. I think there's a good chance that Ardarius gets selected on Friday. You know, we'll, we'll see about Garrett Wallow. I think he's a day three guy. And then the two tight ends I feel like are at best – 6th or 7th round picks, but more likely they're undrafted free agents. And I, I believe there's a good chance unless, you know, somebody looks at it and says, well, I think Richie Grant's the better safety, that Trayvon Merrick is the first safety off the board on, on Friday night, which would be a cool moment. But I, I, I don't want to devalue it, you if you're, I mean, or, or take away your emotion if you're feeling anger or frustration tonight. I just – I was kind of taking aback. By how many people were really mad. I mean, I'm disappointed for for Merrick and his family. I know he's worked really hard for this moment, and being a first round pick is a special thing. That's not something that a lot of people get to say, and that has to be sad for um, everybody in his party that was sitting on pins and needles trying to see where he would go tonight. But I' I'm, I'm just trying to get the perspective of he's gonna get picked tomorrow, he's gonna get picked today uh, tomorrow. Um, for me, because I'm recording this on Thursday, but he's going to get picked on Friday. Uh, he, there's a, a good chance he'll go to a good situation, a team that should fit him well. And he slid down the draft board a little bit. Um, these things happen. That's why it's unpredictable. That's why it's wacky. It's just – it's a unique year, I believe, for safeties. And I just think the safety position in general, right or wrong – is not holding the same value it did in the NFL in the past. So I really thought we'd be talking about uh, him going to the first round tonight, but it didn't happen. And, and we'll, we'll have to recap that on Monday along with, you know, who else gets picked for the TCU Horned Frogs. Coming up on the rest of today's show, uh, we got a big baseball series at West Virginia, TCU soccer. They take on um, New Mexico tomorrow. And also in our second segment, the TCU basketball free agency extravaganza continues as the Frogs uh, – it looks like they're losing a player of the transfer portal, but they also gained a player of the transfer portal. The musical chairs of the Jamie Dixon era, we'll discuss that next. But I did want to tell you about betonline.ag. I was sitting next to Q, who's my co-host on the radio. And Q also does Locked On Bets, which is a daily podcast with Lee Sterling, who runs Locked On, uh, who runs Locked on Bets and runs betonline.ag. And at one point he clapped his hands when Trevor Lawrence was sitting there waiting to get picked by the Jags. And I, I was confused. Um, and I kind of looked around, and he said, we just hit on one of our prop bets. And I was like, what? And he's like, there's a prop bet tonight that Trevor Lawrence, whether, he, whether or not he would wear a tie. We bet that he would not wear a tie, and we won. That's the kind of deranged energy you're going to get from betonline.ag. And I think if you're someone who dabbles in that world, you'll appreciate it. And they cover all sports, NBA, MLB. Um, when college football and the NFL comes back, they're going to have it covered. But take a look tonight. Tomorrow, see if there's any more draft bets that you can get in on. BetOnline.ag, use the promo code Locked On and get a 20% sign-up bonus. Segment two coming your way, and I saw a tweet from Drew Davidson. I mentioned earlier the Big 12 got shut out tonight. It's the first time since 2006 that a Power 5 conference has not had a team selected or has not had a player selected in the first round from the conference. The last time that happened, that was the Big East. Drew Davidson from the 4-Star Telegram said it's the first time since the Big 12 formed as a league that they haven't had a player selected in the first round. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, again, is it frustrating? Yes, that Trayvon didn't get picked, but he'll get picked tonight. I know he's upset that he slid down the boards. I totally understand that. He's going to use it as motivation, I'm sure. But it's going to be okay, Frog fans. Maybe he'll end up with the Cowboys at 44. We'll see. That would be a really cool thing for me personally at least. But Drew Davidson's tweets leads me to a game that we like to play on the podcast sometimes. It's America's fastest growing game. It's called Who's on the TCU basketball team? Who's on the team? Okay. Hope I didn't wake my five-year-old son up. It's 11.30, so that'd be great if I did. Today, in the saga of TCU Basketball Free Agency, P.J. Fuller has hit the transfer portal, according to Drew Davidson. And the Frogs have added Emmanuel Miller from Texas A&M, a forward who's 6'7", 208 pounds. He's a sophomore from uh, Ontario, Canada. And P.J. Fuller, um, I mean, he's personally just one of my favorite players. I understand that it's never really come together for him. He's a high flyer from Seattle, great dunker, super athletic, can get to the rim. The thing about P.J. was he just never developed a jump shot. I mean, that was the deal. Over the two – I mean, I say that as if he was there for five years. He's a sophomore going into his junior season, but the jump shot just wasn't there. So, by adding Emmanuel Miller, who's a big man, who put up huge numbers last year, 16 points, 8 rebounds a game. And listen, I didn't watch a lot of Texas A&M basketball. I know they were pretty terrible. Uh, and I know TCU ran them out of the gym at the new Dickies Arena when they played earlier the season. But this is a big man that I think if, if Kevin Samuel comes back, you can pair him with Kevin and you have what you hope is a pretty formidable front court if Kevin Samuel decides hey I'm getting good feedback from the NBA I'm going to move on you know move on down the road then Emmanuel Miller's there to step into his place he's got a similar build uh, and he's a similar player he doesn't he's not one of these kind of modern big men that's stepping out and Shooting the ball from 25 or 30 feet Like he's going to pack it in the paint And he is a, can be a double-double machine I think it's a solid addition um, You know Of all the things It's been a tumultuous offseason for TC basketball And I guess we can look at it one of two ways I do think there's a concern About getting guys to stay on a roster For an extended period of time I mean that's how you win Like, the overhaul of this roster, ultimately I believe it could be a net positive just because I like some of the players they brought in. Maxwell Evans from Vandy. uh, Shadow Wells from UTA. And then there's, like, Xavier Corks, a forward. I don't know if I mentioned him much, but he's from the Big South. And he had a pretty good – Freshman season there. Emmanuel Miller comes in. I mean, they they brought in some guys that have showed a lot of promise. And the team last year was bad. However, even in the one-and-done era, even in the transfer portal era, I, I mean, you look at a team, and I know people don't like this school, and I get it. I'm not a huge fan either. But Baylor, I mean, they were loaded up with fourth and fifth year seniors, and some of those guys were transfers. I mean, Davion Mitchell was a transfer, says he was a transfer, Jared Butler was kind of a transfer. He was signed to Alabama, and I'm really still not sure what exactly happened there, but he ended up at Baylor. But they also stayed for multiple years and developed and grew up together and formed good chemistry. And I, I mean, I still think that's the best recipe for success in college basketball unless you're going to bring in just super talented one-and-dones every year, which is not what TCU is going to do. I mean, for where TCU is, they need a certain level of continuity, and they don't have it right now. However, if you're going to play this game, I mean, if you're, if you're going to have to play this game because your roster is going into the transfer portal, a ton of your guys are leaving, then – I mean, you can at least go get some talented players out of it. And Emmanuel Miller appears to be on paper. Another guy who can fill it up. 16 points. I mean, that's a lot of points. Again, it was at a and a school that really, really struggled in basketball last season. So, is, is this just a good stats on a bad team type of player? A, a dude who's filling it up because, well... Nobody else is going to get opportunities. He has the size. He has the athleticism. I I like the fact that he's an efficient scorer. He can rebound. So, overall, it could be a net positive. Now, if you're actually going to be good and be sustainably good, it's going to be because you're getting guys on campus and keeping them there together for multiple years. Maybe they'll catch, I mean, maybe they will catch some lightning in the bottle next year. And if they can get a core group assembled that has a that sees some improvement, they can buy into whatever, you know, this regime is trying to sell, then that could be something to build on moving forward. But it's a big risk for Jamie too. Because I, I think this, well, I hope this is a make or break year for him. I, I would have let him go after this season. But I would hope this is a make or break year for him. And you might be more talented, but you're breaking in an entirely new rotation in a pivotal season for you. So we'll see how that plays out. You know what does scream continuity, though? Bilt Bar. Man, what a, sh- what a great segue. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at broadcasting. Bilt Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. I say that confidently. I'm not really a protein bar guy, but I like Bilt Bar. Coconut brownie chunks, my favorite flavor. I also love cookies and cream, German chocolate, peanut butter. Go to BuiltBar.com today and just go ahead and try it. Like, say, why is Steven always rambling on about this? Let me give it a shot. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. Okay, final segment. Final segment for the day, final segment for the week, the month. But not ever. I mean, I'll be back Monday. (laughs) Locked on Orn Frogs. Uh, Big weekend in TCU athletics coming up. TCU baseball they take on West Virginia starting tonight. I really hope Russell Smith is back in the rotation. I have not seen any news on that front. So, I don't know exactly what the situation is. If you remember last weekend, he was shut down because of a mechanical issue. And, yeah, I don't have an update. So... Hopefully we're full go one more week until that pivotal Texas series. 12-3 and three in Big 12 play. Both the Frogs and the Longhorns are going into this weekend. Texas plays Texas Tech. And TCU gets West Virginia. 5.30 start time. Okay, 5.30 start time tonight. So be aware. Uh, on Saturday it's going to be a 1 p.m. start time. And on Sunday a noon first pitch. So earlier than usual but TCU in West Virginia, three games set in Morgantown. That's always a tough place to play. A couple of years ago when TCU snuck in the tournament, that was actually kind of when they started turning their season around. They won two out of three up there in Morgantown, and West Virginia had a good team. Now on Sunday they blew a lead, and and that kept them from getting a sweep. But it was a, uh, it was a big moment in that year for them. So um, you hope that they can at least win another series. But I'd like to see them get back to those – sweeping ways and that'll start with what Russ can do on Friday if he can go and how long can he go I mean is he going to be available to go six or seven innings after not really pitching for almost 14 days we'll see and what does that mean for the bullpen is Halen Green going to have to use most of his innings on Friday night those are all storylines that I'm looking forward to in tonight's game TCU Soccer, they take on New Mexico. That is a 5 o'clock start. Good luck to Eric Bell and his squad. This team has high expectations. They're the number four national seed. Get it done, ladies. Bring it home. And that starts with a win over New Mexico this evening. Uh, So hopefully we're talking about that on Monday. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Eric Hughes will be with us on Monday. We'll break down uh, the West Virginia baseball series. We'll also mention... TCU soccer, and we'll have plenty of draft coverage as well all throughout the week. Hopefully we're talking about Trayvon Merig, um, you know, going somewhere in round two. I think that's going to be the case. Thank you for listening. Sorry if I sounded weird and out of it tonight. It's almost midnight, which is way past my personal bedtime. I know some of you night owls think that's weak sauce, and you're right. But this has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.